0: Welcome to the Magic and Alchemy podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, setting intentions, forgotten folklore, and mythology. Created by Tamed Wild, magicandalchemy.com is a collection of stories, rituals, and articles crafted by a variety of creators and writers, including myself, Kate Ballou, and my co-host, Kristen Lisenby.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy Podcast. I'm Kristen Lizenby. And I'm Kate Ballou. Kate, how was the Catskills? I know you just got back from a long weekend in one of your favorite places.
0: Yes, it was really magical. Uh, we stayed in this A-frame that our friends run as an Airbnb. It's actually the same friends I spoke about um, in the Fae episode with the really amazing land in the mountains, and it was just down the street from them, so we were able to spend some time outside talking about the folklore and the Fae of the Catskills. Nick and Alexandra are both doing some really interesting work up there, so hopefully more tales from upstate New York at some point soon.
1: I would love that. It looks like a place where, with the exception of the passing seasons, time stands still.
0: Yeah, and it's still pretty much winter up there, but we cozied up to a wood stove at night, and during the day we got to wander down to this river on the land that was just beginning to thaw, and it was pretty dazzling. I also got to start part two of my Poisonous Plants course that we spoke about last week, last night, so more on that later as well.
1: I also somehow forgot that it would still be snowy over there. Which I think is a sign that maybe I've been on the island too long, but even though spring hasn't quite arrived yet in all of New York, it still looked so peaceful.
0: Yeah, after not leaving the city for over four months, it was a much-needed escape. How was your weekend?
1: It was so nice. I planted more seedlings, I read some Carl Jung, I practiced a bit of palmistry, and just tried to be gentle with myself. I've been feeling super restless lately, and most of the time when that happens, I just need a change of scenery or to break up my routine, but I'm sure a good part of it has to do with the change of the seasons too, and maybe even the start of the astrological new year, which I know we're going to talk about in depth today.
0: That sounds like a great weekend. Um, Today is an extra special episode because we have astrologer Riss Cottrell sitting in with us. For anyone who isn't familiar with Riss, she writes the new and full moon musings on Tamed Wild's blog, magicandalchemy.com.
1: But unlike astrologers who focus on collective readings, Riss uses the positioning of planets to promote self-awareness she's passionate about empowering people to make the necessary changes to heal and transform their lives, all the while diving deep into the thing that many of us fear the most, shadow work. Along with astrological readings, Riss offers herbal mixtures and magical tools in her Etsy store to aid people on their spiritual journeys. And despite her
0: busy schedule, Riss made time to chat with us via Zoom from her home in Colorado.
1: Welcome back, Riss. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for having me again. It's so good to see you. I know that last time you were here, it was in November of 2020, and we talked quite a bit about your journey into astrology and how you balance this line of work and study, which you are obviously so passionate about, with a traditional 9-to-5 job, which you also enjoyed, even if your heart lied with astrology. But I just heard that you recently took the big step to full-time astrologer and creator. So I just wanted to say bravo and congratulations. We're so excited to see where you go next.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. It's just in time for the astrological new year, and I'm really excited to step into the unknown and just grow from here.
0: Congratulations. It's so exciting.
2: Thanks so much. So ready for this new chapter.
0: So I have to ask, do you think that the shift into the age of Aquarius was at all at play in your decision or was there anything at work in the stars that aligned or helped you make this choice?
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I think that this choice has been in the works for a very long time. Um this is something that I've talked about a lot, but um I always kind of refer back to the astrology to help me you know, just gain wisdom and insight um, to help me make these hard decisions because you know these decisions are pretty big. And so, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was the age of Aquarius um, sort of thing, but more so for me, just the shift into Pisces season really helped me. And it's because Pisces is kind of really all about letting go and and surrendering. It's the last sign of the zodiac, and so it's kind of, it kind of gives permission to let go and to rebirth into something new. And so with that, you know, there's so many processes and steps within that, just within just letting go. And it was really an invitation for me to practice that and to make this decision very compassionately. So I would say that it kind of, Came from Pisces season as well as also I'm going through my Saturn return right now. So I actually made the decision when Saturn was three degrees away from my natal Saturn. <laughs> um so I- I'm definitely going through going through it right now. And this is kind of a classic Saturn return thing to sort of do, which is like, you know, quit your job, maybe move to another <laughs> state, you know. <laughs> so <I'm- laughs> So I'm kind of going through the motions here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm also in my Saturn return. (laughs) So safe. Yeah, so you know. (laughs) If any of our listeners are looking to make a big change or also in their Saturn return, do you have any advice for them?
2: Yeah, definitely. One thing that's been coming up, I think, with some people lately, including myself, is just the fear of change. And I think that this is something that's really important to talk about when you're kind of shifting into a new year or you're starting a new chapter or, you know, you're kind of just letting things go. I think that fear of change is definitely so human and we all experience it on different levels. And I definitely rubbed up against that when I went to go quit my job. And in fact, I actually walked past my boss's office like three times before I even quit. <laughs> so I just like couldn't bring myself to do it right away because it's, it is scary. And I think that it's always an invitation to do, sh- to do shadow work and to um, just kind of approach your fear with courage and compassion and love. And um, to also just not be afraid to let go of what isn't serving you anymore. So the medicine of Pisces is that it really teaches us that it's okay to let go. It's okay to let something come to a full stop. And it's much better than hanging on to something that isn't going to work for the long run. And symbolically, since Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac, it's kind of like an old relative on their deathbed that keeps holding on because they don't feel like they have permission to die or cross over. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of like if you hold on to a chapter that needs to die, it's like you're holding on to a body that's sort of falling apart. You know, does that make
1: sense? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. So Riz, when you were here last, we also talked about how we can use the planets to generate self-awareness. But today, since we just celebrated the astrological new year on the spring equinox, I was hoping you could share some insight into what this means exactly for someone who may only be familiar with the Gregorian calendar that most of the world uses today.
2: Sure. So astrology is essentially a wheel of seasons, and we start in Aries during the spring, and then we go through all of the signs until we get to Pisces. And this is really an evolutionary journey. It's kind of like the um, the journey of the soul. So, like once you know the sun travel, the planets, not just the sun, but the planets travel through different signs. They they mature in that sign and they master the lessons of that sign, and then they go on to the next one. And so we evolve through these lessons that each sign has to offer. And the planets and aspects involved add extra layers of teachings and interpretation. Aries is essentially the baby of the zodiac. It's, it's you know, if you think about a baby that's born into this world, it's full of energy, it, it wants to explore, every, it's curious about everything, it wants to pioneer its way through this world, right? And that's very, that's very Aries energy, it's very independent And this is correlated with the spring energy, so it's very symbolic of the return of fire and the return of warmth, and there's this burst of life and 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 growth in the spring, and that's really what you know Aries sort of symbolizes and how it connects with the spring, and it goes more so, it's more so in tandem with the seasons. So astrology is very much so in sync with with the seasons on Earth, and. The season that is connected to rebirth is also connected to the new birth in the Zodiac. So it's a great time to start something new and plant seeds for the future. Aries has the passion and the drive and the initiative to begin that new chapter. So there's this kind of like rawness to spring and the same goes for Aries. It's a time to really appreciate sacred sexuality because this is such a primal and instinctive energy just like Aries.
0: How are you personally ritualizing or honoring this holiday?
2: You know, I haven't made solid plans yet, but typically in the past, I've gone out with friends into nature and we've just kind of um, done rituals and ceremonies. And sometimes I paint my face and I like to paint my face using the colors associated with the sign or the season. So I typically use, you know, red for Aries. So I could paint my face red, light a red candle, um set intentions and reflect on what I want to create um cuz this energy, the energy of spring is just so creative,
1: you know. I know that like you mentioned, the astrological new year kicks off with a transition from Pisces season to Aries. Can you talk a bit about how that shift or others happening right now in the cosmos? might influence or trigger certain aspects of our personality?
2: So as I've mentioned before, I typically view transits as invitations for growth and setting intentions and shadow work. I would say that the chart for the spring equinox and the start of Aries season is actually pretty harmonious. Um, Obviously, transits hitting your own individual chart will look different than just a general chart, right? Like you have the transits that are hitting our own personal charts, which are all different. And then we have like one sort of general chart. And what's interesting about this one is there is a conjunction between the sun and Chiron. And of course, you know, I, I focus a lot on shadow work. So for me, that's just like, Oh, great. That's a great opportunity to do shadow work. Right. (laughs) Um so so Chiron is is the wounded healer and I, I like to focus on that during shadow work. and it Chiron and Aries can really represent wounding and shadow around initiating projects, stepping into leadership, connecting with passion, lacking direction, maybe some feelings around frustration, anger, impatience. So it's really kind of, all of those like shadowy aspects of Aries that can kind of come from a wound, right? And so this is actually a really great time to work with the energies, work with the bursts of life, the bursts of growth um, and rebirth, and to take a look at where you have blockages around creating um, and moving forward and stepping into a new chapter. What I do really like about the chart is that it's Chiron has supportive sextiles from Saturn and Mars. And I feel that Saturn can kind of bring a maturity to, to this, this wound and Mars can kind of bring this like drive to, to create and heal and move past whatever it is that's blocking you. So I really like that combination. It's a fire and air combination, which, you know, those two elements work really well together and so I think it's a really great opportunity for just um, healing and, and growth and really launching forward. Aries is a very young energy, um, but again, Saturn will kind of balance this out with its wisdom and maturity. Um, and it's also sitting in Aquarius. So it could be that, you know, you find an innovative way of doing something that you didn't you didn't really think of before, you know, or maybe you're starting to think sort of out of the box. Maybe you're starting to get a little bit more innovative. Um, Aquarius also has a lot to do with our authenticity. So really setting intentions for what you want to create for the season to come and really evaluating if it really is in alignment with your authentic truth. Like if you feel authentically aligned with what you're creating right now in your life, And if you don't, how can you sort of bring in the lessons from Pisces and let go of whatever doesn't feel in alignment with your truth? So I really like those placements there. And then the last one I wanted to talk about is the moon. And the moon is going to be in Gemini, and it's conjunct the North Node. I really like this placement as well. I think that it's like a just a really great time to really reflect get your ideas going around the change Gemini is a sign that is all about ideas and thoughts and facts and logic so really kind of getting your ducks in a row when it comes to the ideas that and the facts and the information in order to kind of like launch forward so there's kind of like layers happening where it's like first you're you are gonna look at your blockages and kind of where you're you're not feeling creative based off of just sort of emotional hangups. And then you can also kind of take a look at innovative ways to push through those barriers and to try things, try something new. This is a very futuristic energy with Saturn and Aquarius. Um, There's a lot of futuristic sort of energy here. And so um, so that's one part of it. And then the last part of it is kind of just getting your ideas and the facts and the information to really make these changes and to really move forward. And the North Node has a lot to do with purpose. It has a lot to do with the energy that you're looking to cultivate in this lifetime. It's, it can kind of feel a little uncomfortable because it represents kind of uncharted territory, but somewhere that we need to grow and somewhere that we need to uh, really cultivate that energy. And so it's a really great time to reflect on just kind of like a more purposeful future, uh, purpose for yourself, and what that looks like for you. And that's going to be different for everyone.
0: This is all really exciting. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Are there any, like, kind of additional upcoming transits that you have your eye on that maybe Kristen and I haven't even heard of yet? Sure,
2: yeah. Um, Well, so... On the the equinox, Venus is still in Pisces, um, which I I really love. Like Venus in Pisces is a a great placement for her. This adds like another layer on top of what I was talking about before where you can kind of like dream and fantasize about what it is that you want to do. It's very dreamy kind of energy. But um, she does actually move into Aries um, the following day. And this is not the best placement for her. <laughs> um, <laughs> Venus does not like to be in an Aries, and it's because oh, no. their their natures are just very different. Um, you know, you're kind of mixing, like you know, this warrior kind of energy with this like soft Venus loving kind of energy, and it just doesn't really understand each other. You know, so that's one thing that I definitely noticed. Um, you know, in the very near future. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is going to challenge Venus to kind of show up in, I think, more of like a masculine kind of way. Um, She's also kind of making this hard aspect to the moon. And so there's just, there might be a little bit of friction and emotional tension there. (laughs) And then on top of that, you've got Pluto and Pluto is making this uh, sex style to Venus. So Pluto tends to be pretty intense, but um, I definitely think that it's a great time to focus on your drive and what you deem worthy, right? Venus represents what we love, what we deem worthy, what we deem valuable. And so it's a great time to really initiate and right, this is Aries we're talking about here. Aries is all about like initiating leadership, pioneering, moving forward, and it's really just an an incredible time to just create. Venus is so 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 creative, like she's she rules art, you know. So she's just so creative, and it's it's it is amazing an amazing time to um, to create. But at the same time, there might just be a little bit of tension. You know, around getting your butt in gear, <laughs> if that makes mm. sense. Um, and so, also, what I like to focus on, of course, is is the lunar cycles as well. And so, um, we will be having a a full moon on the twenty eighth of March, and I actually really love this full moon. Um, it's going to be in Libra, and I, I really enjoy the Aries Libra access. and. That's because it really highlights, it, give, it's, it just has so many opportunities for growth and change. And it highlights the self versus the other. So it really provides an opportunity to study yourself in relation to other people. So it asks you to study how you're showing up. Like, how are you showing up for yourself? And then how is that in turn showing up in your relationships. So if you're kind of not doing your shadow work, or if you're not really showing yourself a lot of self love or taking care of yourself, like that's inevitably going to come out in your relationships. And so this is a really great time to understand that, you know, we're all sort of connected. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. It's also a really cool chart. There's a beautiful kite formation happening. And I will talk more about that in, um, in the Moon Musings article when that comes out. But it is, it is a very um,
1: interesting chart and I'm excited to kind of cover that a little bit more. So Riss, you just mentioned shadow work. And one of the questions that Kate and I get the most is what is shadow work? How do I do it? And what can I expect all loaded questions? But I know that you spend a great deal of time with your clients exploring shadow work. And I'm curious if you have any advice for people looking to work with the shadow, especially now as we enter into a new year.
2: I would definitely say to take the lessons from Pisces season and apply them to a new beginning. So, you know, naturally, when we move on to a new chapter, we take the lessons that we learned from the former chapter and then we apply them to the future. Right. And we kind of have to be a little careful about this because sometimes we learn lessons that are actually kind of destructive So I think we have to take responsibility for the lessons that we're actually teaching ourselves. But I think the good lessons to take with us into this next season is um, just the wisdom of Pisces around being so compassionate and loving and empathetic. Doing shadow work really requires a lot of self-compassion and a lot of understanding, lots of unconditional love. And you really have to be willing to set intentions for where you want to be, but also really accept and love and appreciate yourself for where you are right now. So it's it's really important that you meet yourself with love and acceptance exactly where you are right now. And Pisces kind of has a hard time recognizing boundaries And this is because it does just love so unconditionally. It loves without bounds and it wants to merge with everything around it. You know, it sees everything as one, you know, it's, it's very, very spiritual in this way. Um, And I would really, I would really learn from that energy and say, practice sort of loving yourself without bounds. Like, Loving yourself no matter where you are, like what your circumstances are looking like, how you're feeling, um, that's a really important part of doing shadow work. And then on the topic of boundaries, also kind of working on boundaries with yourself and the people around you. So those are some, those are some things I would definitely say. And then also, um, if fear comes up around change and starting something new, make sure you approach that fear as you would a small child, just with tons of compassion and understanding. You can even talk to it as you would a small child, because that's really what it is, is when you have that fear come up, or you have like the shadow sort of come up, really what it is, is it's, unmet needs and unmet desires and it's wounding. And so it's really your inner child that hasn't really been met. And so it's important that you learn how to meet it yourself um, because this child is going to feel very threatened and afraid. So that's another thing that I would say and I think that that it very much so ties into what we're talking about because Aries is the child of the zodiac, you know, it's the baby. You you have to be mindful with Aries because when Aries feels threatened, it can get quite aggressive. Um, It's very primal. It's very, it's all about survival. And that's really kind of, you know, the baby's journey is, you know, it it, it has to survive, right? And so it's important to sort of tiptoe around that and be very patient and bring in the lessons of Pisces around letting go and releasing old baggage. Um, That's going to be very important. Also, just trusting yourself and building a connection with spirit is super important when it comes
0: to doing shadow work and just moving through change. As someone with a moon in Aries, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, totally. Another question that Kristen and I get pretty often is around being a beginner in this space. So like, if someone is new to astrology, like where would you recommend that they start?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I would read beginner books, of course. Um there are tons of them out there that are really great. Mm. My first astrology book was Essential Astrology by Amy Herring, and I thought that that one was super helpful. But there are tons of beginner books out there and YouTube channels that can help you break down your own chart.
1: Speaking of books, I know that you are working on a project for Tamed Wild that will be in their April subscription box, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't want to give too much away yet, but I know that it touches on the Fae and Gnomes and those who roam the spirit world. And I think any time you take on a project like this, these spirits can occasionally influence you in one way or another. So I'm just interested if you made any new friends or otherwise while exploring the other world.
2: Definitely. I really, really enjoyed writing that booklet. And I learned a lot about just mythology in general, because I try to cover mythology from all over the world. But my family is from England, and I was born in England, and it was just really amazing to kind of study the mythology coming from the British Isles. I felt like that was personally um, just very kind of close to me, especially because my dad is also really into mythology. Um, So I definitely really enjoyed it, but I would say that the ones that I loved working with the most or, you know, writing about the most were definitely the water spirits that connect with water uh, very deeply. Um, That is an element that I'm really drawn to. And then I also really loved the tree spirits. The tree spirits were super, super cool. And I just found it to be so interesting that these mythological creatures kind of serve as archetypes that you can see in other people, you know. Um, whether we're talking about, you know, a type of fairy or, you know, an elf or, you know, maybe even a goblin, it's just, it's just so magical.
1: Yes, I completely agree. And to be honest, sometimes I feel like I enjoy mythology more now as an adult probably because I'm just more aware of the symbolism and I love reading different interpretations of tales and challenging myself to come up with my own. Mythology also has a really beautiful and ancient connection to the cosmos and they just play so well together.
2: I agree. I definitely agree. There's so much mythology and astrology as well.
0: Sadly, I think that we are out of time, although I could talk about astrology and mythology with the both of you all night. But before we say goodbye, Riss, would you mind telling our listeners where they can find you?
2: Yeah, so I have an Etsy shop called All My Ancestors. My Instagram handle is also called All My Ancestors. And then my email is allmyancestors.info at gmail.com. And then I also write the Moon Musings section on magic and alchemy. So definitely check out the blog. And then I haven't posted to my YouTube in a little while, but I am on YouTube and I've got tons of videos on there. And my channel is called All My Ancestors.
1: Thank you so much, Riss, and all of our listeners for joining us today on Magic and Alchemy, a podcast from Tamed Wild. Again, we're Kristen Lisenby and Kate Ballou. You can find us online at Alchemy and at K8Baloo. Send us all of your questions, comments, or just say hello via email at podcast at You can view all the amazing offerings from Tamed Wild on their Instagram, at tamedwild, or on the blog, magicandalchemy.com.
0: Join us for next week's episode where we talk about rituals and spellwork for seed magic. Just a reminder that magic and alchemy are always available to those who know where to look for it, so mote it be, or something better. Until next time.